different than anything I've ever done, and, and it's not something I ever wanted to do, is because uh, usually after I go overseas, I just come back and just want to come back and slide back in and say, hey, yeah, we were here, we did, were there, and we came back. But God said, no, this time is different. He said, uh, he said I want you to declare my fingerprints and the revelations of my love to you. And so, I, you know, you're, you're my family, and, uh, and it is good to be back uh, here in this place. And, uh, of course, it's awesome to get back to see Paula, but then to be back on here is just a treasure and a joy. This one was, a, you know, a Lou, I don't know if you know, but Lou and myself went, and, and uh, George left and went on the first leg of the trip. There, George was trying to go in, and he did get a chance to see his mother, uh, his mother got stopped at the uh, border and, uh, and coming out of Syria or Lebanon. But I mean, which word that give her the hard time? Was that in Syria or Lebanon? In Lebanon, she says, I don't care what you say, I'm going to go see my son. Her, his sister said, okay, I'll take advantage of the situation to come and see George. And she, went, she fought, tried for two hours and they would not let her through. So George could not see her, his sister. Um, you know, just the refugee situation there. It's what, how many million in Lebanon? Uh, huh? Two million refugees out of Syria flooded into Lebanon, and then the same, probably about the same thing, or a little bit less in Jordan. And uh, but George did, and Lou went with me uh, for the first part. Then on the first part, uh, we were in Lebanon for a week, and then came out of Lebanon and out of the Middle East, and went to uh, Montenegro into Europe. And was there for a week, and uh, and then came back, and in it was a in it's been a story that I just want to declare this morning as a story and a testimony. Some of it's going to be real, some of it's going to be vulnerable, you know, and so some of it may be uncomfortably vulnerable, but I just don't know how to do it other than just be real. And I hope in this because I hate te- missionary te- stories. I do, I, you know. I, I'm sorry. I got this picture in my mind way back of a lady with a flannel board, you know, and pictures of, of, uh, of I'm just, that's my stronghold, you know, I'm just telling you. <laughs> you know, pictures of naked babies, you know, crying, come, you know, and I'm going, what? <laughs> you know, but, uh, but that's why I've always, you know, had a diversion for even us coming back and share testimonies. You notice that probably we've been doing this for how many years and you've never probably heard us share testimonies about that. And then this morning, the Lord says, no, now you're going to declare it. You're going, you're going to do it. So anyway, the thing that I'm just, there's a series of statements that God gave me. And, uh, and, and some of y'all, when I start sharing some of this stuff, you're going to go, Sizemore, you're just a wimp, you know, whatever. But I'm just, like I said, I'm going to be real. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. But one of the first things, the first statements that God gave me to declare is that fear is a stealer. Steals. First John four eighteen says, "Perfect love cast out fear, for fear, fear involves punishment or torment. Punishment may be the major word in that, but what it does is." And Chris, Chris, I'm sorry, Chris went with us and met with us in Montenegro, and Brittany and Brittany Howard and uh, um, uh, Leanne Pearson met us. Yeah, and Chris is awesome. Met Lou and I there while George came back home, and. Uh, but anyway, back on this thing about fear, 
one of the biggest battles that I fought was before I ever left. When I started knowing that I was going to go, Satan started dropping these thoughts in my head of doubts, of, of fear statements. And so, you know, and fear is an emotion, a soulish emotion. Well, there's, there's spiritual fear and there's, you know, there's other types, but, but fear as a whole is a, is a soulish emotion that's discerning an environment that you or someone you love is in that's dangerous, intimidating, or overwhelming. And so, you know, you're reading in an environment. Well, my mind's receiving these declarations about Beirut. You know, of course, the situation in the Middle East. Of course, George is going, I'm going to go home. That's home, me. And, uh, but anyway, and so, and I just, these, these thoughts would keep coming into my head. And, and when fear, thoughts of fear, there's seeds of fear, these things that Satan wants to plant of danger, thoughts of danger, intimidation, or being overwhelmed, you can do all them two ways, one of two ways. One is, is you divert it into like Psalm 27, where it says, you know, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? In other words, you divert it into the place, into the right reality, the nature and character of God. Or like in Psalm 3, verse 1, you know, where it's, Lord, um, you are a shield about me, my glory, and the one who lifts my head. So you start declaring that. But sometime, what happened to me, it's interesting to me that what happened to me this, in this trip is that there were so many bombardments of thoughts that were hitting me, and I got some theories of why. The other way that you deal with fear is to die. You just start shutting down. And, and what I didn't realize is I started shutting down. Because one of the things that was happening, it was since probably July, it's probably one of the most intensely uh, emotional times for, I mean, psychologically or soulishly for Paul and I, you know, just so many things happening and, and happening. And so you can only process so many thoughts that, you know, effectively so much. And so what happened was I knew God said, go to the Middle East. So not going is not an alternative. Because there was a period of time that when things were getting really kind of crazy in that region, the question was to call the conference off. And the question was, we may call the conference off, but we still go. You know. And so, you know, so what happens is you process. And how I start processing, I start shutting down. I start dying to it. And I know Paul don't like to hear this, but I start dying. Well, I go, I die, I die. You know, instead of the Lord is my light and my salvation, I just die. Go ahead. Whatever. Not bold like that. I don't mean boastful like that. I mean, it's just like, okay. Well, that is not healthy. That is not God's desire. You're not created. We're not created to die. We're created to live. The Christian life is not about dying. 2 Corinthians 5.14 to, uh, you know, the love of Christ controls us. Having concluded this, one died for all, therefore all died. Let those who live, you know, consider your bodies of what? Living sacrifice. You know, so, so Romans 6, 12, you know, consider yourself dead to sin, but uh, alive to God. 
And so God's calling us to live and live into him. And one of the things that fear, I start allowing these thoughts of fear to, to hit me before I even went. So the measure of intensity going on in my soul was pretty high. Not to mention just other stuff going on, you know, business-wise and relationship-wise, you know. And, you know, we, Paul and I had, for the last three months, we had pastors from Middle East and other places in the world coming and just living with us in our house and us just speaking and ministering into them. Not to mention ministering, you know, trying to minister and be a part of this body. So anyway, but so in that, I'm fighting that battle and I get, in, and then just, and then at times, all of a sudden you get to going and so, okay, you're going, okay, we're going. And it's, it's like relief. Okay. And that's the second thing the Lord just wanted me to declare is, is that when you step into these places or step in life, what God's wanting to do is give us kisses from heaven. Psalm 33, 18 says, the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those who hope for, literally in the Hebrew, hope for, long for, look for his loving kindness. Or like Psalm 90, oh, satisfy us in the morning with your loving kindness that we may sing for joy and be glad all my days. So the deal is, is what you do is you look, start looking for, and that's what God's calling us to every day, to look for his loving kindnesses. And, and so what we would do <coughs> on this trip, particularly what you do is start trying to catalog and do, do, uh, log these kisses from heaven. First one, you know, we, we um, you know, just start, Lou and I started doing it. Lou and I drove to the airport. We're starting to, okay, all right, God, where's these kisses? And like, where's Zach Williams? Where's Zach? Zach, he was here earlier. Did he have to slide back? No, no, that's fine. He's, it's, but he, but like donuts on, off exit 13 on Interstate 66. Apple, you know, I mean, it's like, yeah, God, it's a kiss from heaven. You had one, you said it. You're like, or, you know, I mean, first class, upgrading, able to upgrade to first class, going over the water, dude. That's a big kiss from heaven, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. I mean, you know, Lou and I are up there like we think we something. I wasn't first, I'm sorry, it wasn't first class, it was business class. But it was like first class. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we think we something, you know. Hey, bad, you know. <laughs> You know, but these kisses from God all the time, just, just to let you know, I love you, I'm with you. And I encourage us every day, live, live that life that way every day. God forbid that we'd ever get used to living. And so, the second, third, the next thing, I stopped counting them. But God, God gave us an opportunity to see and I just, this declaration was, but the book of Acts is still being written. Uh, to see men and women that were living the book of Acts. Like uh, Emil and Arana and, and uh, Ghassan and uh, Amon, his wife, uh, Amal. Um, you know, I, I was reminded that God gave me this past scripture. Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the result of their conduct. Imitate their faith. I mean, these precious people living in the midst of a war zone. I'm, I'm not exaggerating that. But not just living in the midst of a war zone, holding on, oh God, 
Gassan and his wife, he's one of the major leaders in the church there. His wife is pregnant. He's an engineer by trade, in the, where he worked up with the, in the petroleum area in northern Syria, is now controlled by ISIS, and so he can no longer work there, so he come back and he's working. The UN hired him, and he's working for the UN. And, uh, but Ghassan is a guy that was, guy could live anywhere in Europe. In fact, he lived for, for a number of years in, in Germany. Brilliant guy, sharp guy. And, uh, but he, he goes, God told me in Germany that I was to be in Damascus. I am here. Emil and Rana, living by faith. He's saying, where we're saying, man, why don't you come out, Emil? And he goes, the safest place in the world for me to be is in Damascus. Huh? There's bombs that went off that hit your doorstep. I'm going, their faith, imitate their faith. One lady scared the snot out of me. Sorry, excuse me, but, but her, name is, her name is Amal. Amal. Her and her little dog. She's about, I don't know, late 30s, early 40s, single. And she said, God told me to move from, I lived, she was living in, uh, in Lebanon, just living there nicely, professional lady. But God told me to move from Lebanon to, to Damascus in the midst of a war to be there for a mill and run and pray for them. To help strengthen the church there. I'm going, I'm, I'm serious. I can feel it right now, the chill bumps. I'm going, I started looking around. I'm going, who are you? I mean, the greatness of this woman sitting in front of me. Nobody's ever heard of her in America. I guarantee you, no famous, none of us would be quite her with the Billy, think of her, Billy Grahams and, you know, Whoever big dog preachers are, there are in the world. <laughs> you know, Bill Johnson's, whatever. And I'm standing in front of this woman, and God's going, greatness. I see her. I'm going, I really was. I, I'm going. And then this intimidation hit me. I'm going, who am I to hear to be teaching these people anything? And I told him, I said, I'm not worthy to teach the Word of God to you. I mean, me and my wrestling with putting wood in my stove, you know, or what? I don't know what. So anyway, you know, and, I, and man, I was just going, God, these are, you know, these people are living the realities of faith. The, the craziness is the power of the faithfulness of God and prayer. You know, where it talks about in James chapter 5, verse 16 and 17, the fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. In the midst of Emil and Rana's house, every morning at 6 p.m., 6 a.m., they pray. Every day. Ghassan was telling me that 